you think about life at midlife, what comes to mind? Does it bring up fear, dread? Most of us have fears of aging, and sometimes we struggle to accept the process. It can be hard to accept changes in our bodies, as well as the mental impact of aging. In today's episode, we'll be looking at how we can reframe the whole experience to navigate aging with ease. Stay tuned. This is Holistic Counseling, the podcast for mental health therapists who want to deepen their knowledge of holistic modalities and build their practice with confidence. I'm your host, Chris McDonald, licensed therapist. I am so glad you're here for the journey. Hey there, and welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Midlife can be a challenging transitional time. At midlife, we deal with lots of changes in our bodies, including weight gain, low energy, emotionally you may have worries about the future, retirement. Today's guest is here to talk about midlife and how to bring more ease into this transition. Lisa Mustard is an LMFT, host of the podcast, The Therapy Show, and a coach. But before we jump in, do you struggle with creating time for yourself? You're not alone. Many counselors find it difficult to find time for self-care practices. My book, Self-Care for the Counselor, was written for you. It's jam-packed with holistic strategies to help you find the balance you need and the energy you're looking for. So stay tuned at the end of the episode on how to access this book. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I am excited to be here. Can't wait to talk about this topic with you. So can you share more about yourself and your work? Sure. Gosh, rein me in if I go on for too long. (laughs) Uh, But like you said, uh, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I live in South Carolina. I am also a mom and a wife and... I'm about to be 50 this year. And about 10 years ago, I had my own midlife. I wouldn't necessarily call it a crisis, but I would call it more like a... I call it the midlife meh. Like I just kind of hit this point in my life where everything was good. Like life was good. My work was good. My marriage was good. Things with my kids were good. But I felt kind of just unfulfilled and unhappy and just unsure of if I was doing what I was put here on this planet to do. And was and so I started to think about that. And I got real intentional on figuring it out at 40, how I wanted to show up in my 40s. And I think that's uh, something that a lot of women go through. I mean, men too, for sure. But my my expertise, I will say is with women, because that's what I am. And that's my experience. And for some women, it shows up earlier, you know, maybe like 35, 36. And then for some, it shows up later, maybe as they are getting, you know, closer to 50. And that can be for a number of reasons. So yeah, that's kind of my my story in a nutshell. So what is it about midlife that people start really reflecting? Is there something about this time in our lives that might bring us to more of that reflection and maybe overthinking where we are, where we're going? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I would agree that at that time in our lives, we do start to question things and we start to think about things. Now, I haven't done any like formal research on this. Okay. Um, I don't have any like studies to point people to. We want to um, hear from you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just know what, and, I, and I'll say for those of us that have children and want to be married, a lot of the focus in our 20s is spent looking for that person that we want to partner up with and procreate with. And we're also thinking about our careers. We're thinking about, but we're all, we're also just kind of thinking that those are our next steps. 
And for me, it was kind of like once I kind of got all that stuff and all lined up, everything was just great. It was moving along. I was happy. And then in my 30s, started to kind of feel it that uh, maybe I was meant to do more. But I do think it's some type of existential situation. And I don't necessarily agree crisis. But for some people, it's a situation that we can't shake. And I think we need to pay attention to that. Anytime we have an existential situation in our lives, we should pay attention to it. But for me, the first one I had probably was in my late 20s. And then you know, my second one was in my late 30s uh, as I was hitting 40. But I do think that we go through these things and it's normal. I mean, I, I think... Yeah. We're humans, and I think that's have... important to, to mention that, that all of these are normal to think about the big... I call them the big zero birthdays, right? 40 and 50. A lot of people are like, whoa, what have I done with my life? Yeah. Where am I going? And for me, it was like, have I reached the goals I've set? Oh man, I'm I'm 50 now. I have not. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of going through that too. (laughs) You know, 40 was one thing. It was more of a, what type of career or work do I want to be doing? Am I fulfilled in my career? Am I doing what I want to be doing? And then as I made the decision that, hey, I have more in me to offer, which is really, you know, when I started, I started the podcast and I want to say 2019. So I had a couple, I was in my forties. I mean, as well into my forties, but it took me kind of trying a couple things and, and failing at them. And I say failing as in, they just weren't for me. So I tried, you know, I tried, maybe I should go in private practice. I, it is not for me. <laughs> you know, I tried, I tried, well, maybe I want to go back into um, being like in the, the personal training world. And eh, not really for me because I did that in my 20s and it's just not where I wanted to be. Um, Really came back to, I still love being a therapist and I love doing this work, but I wanted to pivot a little bit with my skills and, and do it differently. And I think that that's kind of the cool thing about midlife is you've acquired all of these skills, you've acquired all these experiences and we should, I think, pay attention to them and learn from them and make meaning with them. And if it's time to do something new and different, we'll give it a go. I think that's part of it too. It's like, we're looking for me. It was like looking on the horizon above. It's like, man, I got the existentially, I have fewer years left than when I was in my twenties and, and you can't procrastinate. I feel it. Cause it's like, oh man, retirement could come up sooner than I think. And oh boy. So what am I going to do to spend my time? And, and I guess it's, for me, it's like priority shift. Well, how do I want to spend my time? Exactly. Yeah. And that's a big of the big part of my shift when I realized like, yeah, that that what she said of you realize you have less years on this earth than you, you used to, like that'll wake you up. Like, <laughs> Serious. That'll keep you up at night too, you know, not just wake you up, but it'll keep you up. And uh, I think that's where a lot of our midlife stuff comes from. It's just, yeah. you know, what do we mm-hmm. want to do? And you're right. I mean, retirement, you know, when you're in your 20s and you're figuring out your career and you're you're thinking, oh, it's so far away, so far away. But you get into it, you, you're churning along, you're moving along. And the next thing you know, you're like, no, really, it's going to be here before before you know it. So yeah, it, it it was a big aha moment for me. And like you said, it sounded like you were working within your priorities, your priorities, you got real clear on them. And that's the first thing that I will uh, suggest is to anybody going through this is to get really clear on what are your priorities or what are your highest values? And are they, are you living them congruently and authentically? Because I don't, I don't know if we pay attention to that too much because we're so busy in the busyness of day to day. Yeah, true. It's definitely food for thought. And I think for me too, it's, it's the seeing over the horizon that, wow, what does that mean to actually qualify for a senior discount <laughs> like years and AARP and what does all this mean? Isn't it almost like a meaning and purpose thing with life? And why are we here? The existential part, I think, keeps coming back. 
Yeah. I mean, I remember when my mom got the double ARP magazine in the mail and I was like, God, you're old, you know, and here I am. I'm starting to get the emails and I'm starting to get, they're showing up in my inbox and I'm like, wait, wait, no, that's me. Like I'm, that's me now. It's just weird. It's just, it is, but it, it happens. Is. And it's like my husband said, it's better than the alternative. Amen. So. Yeah, exactly. So I guess from your experience, what are, what are some other psychological impacts of aging or what have you noticed? Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I speak from experience and and just from the other other women that I've I've worked with and talked with, definitely one of the things that come up is, you know, your body starts to change and that's kind of a hard pill to swallow for a lot, depending on, you know, gosh, the view and the value you place on your aesthetics and your figure. But at the same time, it also can be very freeing too. It's like, well, I keep reminding myself, well, this is better than the alternative, right? So, okay, this is what I got to work with. So let me just do the best I can with what I have. And I think like a lot of my peers, and I don't know if you went through this or not, but you know, the, not the pressure, but like the temptation maybe to inject and pull and I don't even know what the words are, you know, to change and, and to like, to try to make yourself look maybe younger is, is kind of there because it's hard to see the lines show up. It's hard to see gray know, the, gray, the gray hairs coming in. Like I just got my hair done this past weekend. So I'm, I'm feeling Me very too. confident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't like, see my roots in the video. No. All right. Yeah. So I think there's, there's definitely, you know, coming to terms with the aging process and the, the physical aging process. Um, I went to the podiatrist for the first time last week. Cause I was like, why does my foot hurt? You know, like what's going on? Didn't have that problem, you know, 10 years ago. And just, you know, just taking care of yourself the best that you can. And if that's going to look different for everybody, you know, for me, I know personally, that means having a really good sleep schedule, you know, working hard to get my water and just doing all the things that I can to feel good. I'm taking my vitamins. Um, like I said, getting that sleep, keeping my stress down, getting in the exercise, feeding myself high quality nutrition because we're all going to age. Like it's inevitable. It's it's happening. It's happening every day. We're a day older. Our, skin, our cells are a day older. But that doesn't mean that you have to mourn that. I mean, maybe you do have yeah. to mourn it, but you also, you have to find a joy in it too because you still got plenty of time left. Plenty of time left. Thanks for the reassurance. <laughs> oh yeah, Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Life doesn't end at 40 or 50. No. In fact, I feel like it gets better. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't care anymore what people think. I used to care so much True. 10 years ago. Mm. I really don't. I mean, I don't know. That's a very, that's a very confident thing to say. Maybe I, I just feel it in my bones. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with life experiences and learning from failures and learning from things that you would call mistakes and pivoting and trying new things and realizing that there's still so much more out there to explore and to learn about yourself. I think that's really cool. I don't think that ever ends. Yeah, the learning, I guess mm -hmm. that's true. And mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about other cultures like in the US that we don't value aging and everything is about youth and appearance and all the social media and how good you can look. And I think that, that when you compare yourself to some of the society standard, of course, you're going to feel some of that effects and you know that can affect you emotionally too but for me it's I'm trying to get to that place of acceptance but it's hard yeah you know especially with gaining weight easier 
you know, you can't eat the same way that you used to eat in yeah. your 20s. That's what I've oh, learned yeah. with aging for sure. Yeah. And I look at my my girls, you know, and I look at what they eat and I'm always like, Ugh. like, I remember being that age and being able to, you know, all the pizza and drink all the soda. soda. Yep. You know, my, my skin paid for it, but it, it is different. I mean, one of the things that I am so thankful that I started back in my 20s, but anybody can, you can pick it up at any point is strength training. And I really feel like the, I dub it, I call it the fountain of youth. And I'm not here to sell anybody on a strength training program. <laughs> like it's not, You're not selling I, don't even, I don't have an affiliate, but I really believe that it's just so good for all the different systems in your body. And one of the things that we lose as we get older is muscle mass. And I, I think that, I mean, and you can start lifting weights tomorrow today and see the benefit of, you know, what it's going to do for you adding muscle, what it does for your metabolic rate, what it does for just all your, your systems. It's just, I'm so grateful that I started back in my twenties and that's something that I recommend that women start doing sooner than later because you'll be so grateful and, and not just like a, in a physique type of way or a metabolic type of way, but you know, your balance and your coordination. Cause those things definitely, as we age, they're going to slow down a little bit and stretching is so, so important as well. And I know that with what you teach and what you do, just the amount of good things that does for your, your body and your brain. But so I encourage women to get on a strength training program, whatever, you know, about, about three days a week of strength training is, is what you need. You don't need to go to six or five, really three days of total body work is what they're showing now is, is just, just fine. So I think it's really important. And then also, you know, getting enough protein is really important. And a lot of women think that 40 grams of protein is, is enough. And really, if you're going to be lifting weights and trying to add muscle, you need, depending on a lot of things. And I try to, I aim for about a gram a day per body weight. So if I weigh 118, I'm, I'm shooting for 118 grams of protein. And That's a lot. I'm, it is, it is, but I'm so used to it now that it, it really doesn't yeah. feel like a lot. You so know? were you a personal trainer that you said before? I was, yeah. Many moons ago, many moons, 20 some years ago, <laughs> 25 years ago. I can say that now. <laughs> I was. So yeah. And then um, kind of going back to the priorities and values. And and I don't think that's something that we we talk about enough with maybe our clients or within our, you know, friend when our friend groups or or even with our partners, but it's just knowing what's important to us and how do we show up in our values every day. And I really didn't know much about values work until my late 30s, early 40s. And knowing what my values are helped me every day stay true to my goals. And I think that's really important for people to know what they stand for. And it doesn't have to be like, I stand for it. I mean, and I work for a military branch. And so I used to do this exercise with, with groups that I would run. And I'd ask the soldiers, you know, what are your values? And they always gave like integrity and honesty and honor. And I was like, yeah, yeah, valor. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're a soldier. You got to say that. But let's talk about you when you take the uniform off and it's you, not Sergeant so-and-so, but you, you know, Joe Smith, who also does X, Y, and Z. Like what is important to you in your life? And how do you structure your time? And how do you structure your priorities? And, and what does that look like? And they were just looking at me like, I don't know. How do you do that? How do you figure those things out? I don't know. Do you have, do you have a list of like your highest values? Well, I know one thing that I've been working on too is I value some downtime because sometimes my problem is overscheduling and then I'm introverted. So I need some time to decompress and breathe. And, I, and this past weekend was beautiful. I had no plans. 
And it was wonderful because the problem I have is, oh yeah, let me do that. That sounds fun. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm not even rested and it's Monday morning. So that's that's something that I'm trying to really be mindful of. And and before I accept an invite from someone, I'm like, wait, let me see what else is on my calendar. Do I need a day of rest? Do I need time off that weekend? So I'm trying to really make that an important part of what I do as far as, you know, scheduling with family, saying no more to family if if there's something coming up because it, my mental health is so impacted if I am overscheduled. That's oh, something yeah. I've been really, really working hard on. And of course, setting boundaries is something that's a skill too that I think is so important for women. We can all get caught up in, you know, saying yes for things we don't really want to do. Oh, totally. I mean, everything you just said, it's interesting when you were sharing your priorities and your values, I was like, of course, trying to parallel process over here, like what what mine are. And it's interesting how you framed it because the self-care value, I say that, but I don't practice it. And when you were just kind of giving examples of what that looked like, I was like, yeah, that's it. Like that's that's my issue is I say I do self-care and I do all the the things that I enjoy like, you know, go to the gym or go on a walk or, you know, make healthy food. But the time alone to rest and recover is huge. Is huge. And that is something that I took like as and I have kids, so my life is, is a little bit different. And my kids they can't drive yet, so we have to take them everywhere. But like that's something that um I have to like put limits on because I could easily say, okay, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. Cause I enjoy doing some of the things that they do too. But yesterday I was like, I'm not going there. Like, we're not getting in the car anymore today. And I'm going to go in the room, <laughs> close the door, yes. and leave me alone. <laughs> and I don't do that enough, you know? Yeah. And so it's, I think that, and I think there's some pride in there or some guilt, mom guilt in there that I don't necessarily sure. want to do that because I don't want to feel that way or how my, but blah, blah, blah. Like, no, Let I need it go. It. Yeah. Like some of the other values that it sounds like you hold too is family. Like I hold my family and I, I say family focus, you know, family first. If it if it doesn't fit within the the framework that we have set up for how we want to parent and how we want to, sh- you know, be as a family, then I say no, because that comes first, you know, like raising our kids the way that we, we feel is best. So that's important family. I know I said health is really important for me. It's not just for me, a value, but it's for my husband. Um, we want to live long and strong and healthy lives and we want to be around as long as possible. So we're very mindful about, you know, how much, um, what we eat and like getting our sleep and (laughs) we're very much sticklers for those types of things. But if I get out of whack with those values, I'm a really crappy person to be around. And I know that about myself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Other values that I think fun, joy, laughter are really important. Um, I have to have that in my my day or my week, um, schedule time for that to enjoy things and have a little bit of fun. And even if that's just going outside and hitting the volleyball with the girls or, you know, reading a fun book or watching a fun show on TV, I say fun, like entertaining. I'm trying to think what else is what other values, you know, at this point, and part of the reason I started the podcast, and I, I'm going to throw it out there and say maybe part of the reason you started your podcast and, you know, therapist listening was we value time flexibility and some time freedom. So yes. being able to create the podcast and not have to, you know, creating this other uh, way to make an impact and help people is huge. And to help our therapist friends, you know, in their journeys, like to me, that. I love that. Having a podcast gives me time flexibility. So I don't have to do that so much one-on-one anymore. I can do it with to a bigger audience. So I think that's really something special that we have. And I hope I hope more 
therapists out there, if they desire time flexibility and eventually maybe some, you know, financial flexibility, if they're looking for other streams of revenue to consider this as one of them. And midlife can be a time to think about these things and where do you want to go and are you happy where you are? And it's okay to pivot. You said you pivoted when you were like 40, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. When I was like, I don't really want to be doing this for the rest of my life, but I didn't want to leave the field. So I struggled for a couple of years. Like, well, what does that look like? Thankfully, I had some like my jobs where I've always worked for a military branch, but I had some wiggle room in terms of like different positions. So it's been an interesting evolution, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, I kind of hit the glass ceiling with my role in my job. And so I was kind of feeling stuck. And that's when a reprioritizing of my values is like, okay, well, what else can I do over here in this this area of making an impact? Because, oh, another one of my values is creatively making a difference. And so I was like, okay, creative. Like, I don't paint. I don't draw. I don't oh, you make know. <laughs> music. No, I don't make music. <laughs> like, I don't dance. I don't do any of those things. But I like podcasting. And so for me, this became my creative outlet. And I'm so glad, I'm so glad, you know, I'm so glad I took the chance and went with it because I feel like going into 50, it's just so grateful to have and it, this. And it can be taking a chance, can it? Mm-hmm. So if oh, any completely. listeners are thinking about, gee, I've always wanted to, whatever it is, just go for it. Yeah, it, it is. And of course, you know, doing a podcast is a risk. You're putting it out there. It's yeah. it's taking a brave step. I mean, I wrote a book and when I published that, it, it felt like I don't have children, but if I did, it felt like I was releasing a, ch- a child into the world because oh, it's I like bet. you put your heart and soul into something and it's like, oh my God, what is going to happen with this? And yeah, it is nerve wracking. Yeah. You've done, you've done so much. You wrote a, written a book, you have your podcast, now you have your courses. Like you're just, I am so inspired. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then I feel like sometimes that little voice, am I doing enough? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. is it is it enough? I totally get that. Yeah. It's like, how do you know when it's enough? It's enough. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm glad English pivoting back to this creativity. I think that's not my value too. Because yesterday I did some of my art and I just, for me, if I don't have that creative outlet, I'm just not a good person either. I just have to have some way to get that out. But I think podcasting is one way to to do that too, to be creative and with different kinds of topics and ways to help therapists too. So that's something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. What kind of art do you do? It's called diamond painting. Have you heard of this? No. It's like there's little, they're called drills. It's like, it's basically like paint by numbers, but with little dots. Okay. And you just put it, it, it's thought, there's no thought involved, which I love. I think my daughter has one of those. Yes. It gets me out of my head and I can just be present. And it's it's very, seems very strange of an activity, but it really just kind of centers me and I zone out and just don't have to worry about solving someone else's problem. Yeah, I can, I can totally get that. I like... So over over um, the pandemic, when our girls were home doing school, they would be doing schoolwork. And I would, when I wasn't working, <laughs> I would go in the back of the house and do a puzzle. And that was like the most calming, centering thing. Yeah. Just to focus mm-hmm. on a puzzle. I don't know, I guess, because it wasn't work. It wasn't dealing with kids or puzzles do that for me. So that's... I love and I think it base is based on too if you're more introverted, extroverted. Like mm-hmm. that's an introverted kind of activity because I'm by myself, might listen to music. So for listeners to figure out what is something that maybe matches where you are and your who you are if you're more introverted or both. I have to be social too. I have to have some social to see people, but then I need alone time. So I kind of have that yin and yang. Totally the same way. I like both. Um, both and. <laughs> yes, I like to say exactly. I, well, I heard you um talking about. It sound like some positive things that you've noticed with um, midlife. So 
I wonder if there's a good big question too for listeners to think about. So what have I gained right in my life at the age I'm at now? What are the the positive aspects? If that's something to think about, you know? Yeah, that's a really good question. I like that question because I feel like I'm always you know, as therapists, well, at least for me, I am always paying attention to how I respond and react to things going on in my house and in my head (laughs) and at my job. I think I've learned to be a little bit more patient with myself. I've, I've learned that, gosh, I don't have to have a reaction to everything. I've learned that I don't have to have an opinion about certain things. I think one of the things I am working on the most is just, I want to just meet people where they are for them just being a human being, not so much their opinions or their belief systems, but we're all connected. And I want to just honor that in other people. Like I just want to show up and be me and, and just love people. I don't know how that just sounds kind of weird, but because it's not like I'm meeting people at the grocery store and I'm running up to them and hugging them, you know, just having more patience and being a little bit more kind and not being so in a rush and saying a nice, giving somebody a compliment or saying hello to little kids or, you know, just, I just want to do that. I don't know that what that means, but I think that's more about, you know, I am comfortable with myself. So I want to be able to, you know, give that to other people. I think the acceptance around the aging process, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure, you know, like if it's ever going to get any easier, but I just from like my husband says, it's better than the alternative. And I have to have a mantra. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say that uh, I'm a lot more patient with my husband I'm in our marriage, in our relationship. I think the harder parts for me, kind of pivoting, the, the hard the hard parts are parenting and not letting my own attachment stuff from my childhood, you know, get in the way of parenting my ch- our children, because that can easily trip me up if I'm not aware and I'm not paying attention to my initial reaction to things because I can easily go to that place of I'm I'm nine and my dad just left and how do I feel like that can you know attachment stuff can like really get me pretty quick and I not credit mindfulness practices with you know being more in tune with the moment and like okay I just felt something what was that? It's not about her that's about me that's where I am at 50 is just trying to not let that stuff cloud my parenting. And it's tough, you know, it can be tough. Oh, yeah, I imagine so. But it's it's okay. I mean, I guess I don't beat myself up about it too much. I just try to do better, parent the best I can. And But yeah, it, that's probably... What about for you? I'm curious. This is like um, <laughs> two, two people interview. <laughs> Turning it around on you. The podcasters. But I want to know. Yes. Like, I really want to know. No, I know. I think that I'm more confident. The word that comes to mind is confident because... I would not go back to my teenage years or my 20s for anything in the world, a million dollars. No, because I feel like over the years, it's just I've grown and grown with my confidence and and know who I am and what I want and, and more emotionally regulated than I've ever been in my life the past five years that I've been doing yoga every day, meditation, awesome. adding those practices. I'm much, much less reactive. That's what I've gained. Mm-hmm. I wish I had found it earlier, but that's OK. But I think just just being more present because of that. That, you know, mm-hmm. is is so important. And like you said, not caring what people think. I'm more likely to confront people personally. <laughs> I used to really run from 
any kind of conflict and professionally with clients. I'm just like, did you hear what you just said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk. About, and I never used to do that. But for some reason, this is as I've gotten older, I'm just like, I'm going to call you out. And I yeah. tell that clients up front now. I'm like, you know, there's going to come a point where you get going that I will call you out. I just want to let you know. And they're like, oh, OK, thank you. Mm-hmm. I want I want to be called out. So I, that feels good. But I think that comes from a confident place. Just feeling I know my skills. I know where I am. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm going mostly. Not 100 percent all the time, but. <laughs> have some direction. And that's a good feeling. Like when I was in my 20s, it was just like, okay, I'm learning counseling. I'm not sure what I'm doing, but right. I didn't really think too far ahead in retirement. Oh, that was a long ways away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get all those things too. Yeah. And I think um, I can relate on the being more direct with clients. And and it's funny because it's like, I'm saying this, it's like almost like, I'm just going to say this for your own good. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to tell you right now, that ain't going to work. Like, it's not going to work. You know, you're rationalizing this behavior. Yeah. yeah. It is. And I think that kind of makes it more fun in a way, like being more free and having, you know, of course, being appropriate and within the relationship, if it makes, if it makes sense, if it doesn't make sense, of course, you know, wouldn't do it. But, and I love that you said that you're the most calm and less emotionally reactive you've been. And you credit that you said to yoga and mindfulness. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to keep at it then because every day, for Lisa, do some yoga. And now, as I sometimes will do more than once a day, you know, because I usually yeah. do part of my morning routine, but during the day. And sometimes I just like, oh, I feel like doing a downward dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. in between a session because it just helps, well, it helps my back too. I have back issues. So I, I have to move. If I don't move, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, it's, an, it accomplishes, you know, the emotional, but then the physical side for me too. Yeah. I know I told you that I'm not very good at the yoga thing, but if I can reframe it as, you know, stretching for health and wellness, then I'm more apt to do it. So I've been thinking, it's funny. I think about you when I go to the gym now, because I'm like, I'm stretching and I'm doing like, I just, you you have imprinted on me, Chris. So see, we're going to get you doing yoga. (laughs) I'll send you my YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll do. Okay. Send me your YouTube channel. I'll I will. Definitely check I it will. Out. <laughs> so if any listeners want to check it out, I, I create it for both clients and for therapists in my Facebook group, the Holistic uh-huh. Counseling Self-Care group. So I, I just have, it's not fancy video, I'm going to warn you, but that's, you okay. know, that's where I put a lot of things. So skills, so people can learn and practice. Because sometimes if you just verbally tell somebody like in session and we, yeah. we do it together, they won't remember. So, but yeah, it's more of that slow, mindful movement. So you have a group? holistic counseling group? How yes. did I not know that? Yeah. Okay. Facebook group. Yep. And is that for people who are interested in holistic counseling? Yes. Cool. No, right. it's for therapists. Therapists. Okay. Therapists and, I need to join. and self-care too. So we kind of go both. So, but yeah, it's a really supportive, wonderful group. Got lots of great people in there and so far, knock on wood, drama free. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a podcast episode that I could have you come back on my show and talk about is, you know, creating a, a group and the intentions behind all that. Cause sure. That's something that I've dabbled with in the past, but it overwhelms me to think about. Yeah. And I'm sure lots of other therapists out there are thinking the same thing. Like, I would love to have a group, but it's a, there's a lot I imagine that goes into kind of... Yeah, that, that would definitely be a good episode. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say on that. It's coming, y'all. We will get that together for you. Yes, we'll get you. that for you. Yes. <laughs> well, Lisa, this has been great. I feel like uh, we both learned for so much from each other. Yeah. I'm so glad we connected. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. And one more question. So if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self that you know now? Oh, gosh. What would I tell my younger self? That is such a good question. Probably I would say trust yourself more. Trust your gut. Trust your instincts. Trust trust what you're feeling. Not so much trust what people around you are telling you you should do. 
I hope that makes sense. But yeah, I just think about some situations from my past that hmm, if I had listened to myself or to my gut, definitely life would be a lot different. But you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, Chris. <laughs> yes, I know for sure. And that's one of the benefits of aging is right. that, that we can hopefully learn from a lot of our mistakes. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. So could you tell my listeners more about your pod course? Sure. So um, for those of you who do not know of my show... It is called The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard. And some of my episodes are approved by NBCC for continuing education. And I am going to offer your listeners of the Holistic Counseling Podcast a free, 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 free continuing education contact hour. So what you'll do is you will go to the website, which is lisamustard.com. And then you'll click on the tab that says pod courses. And there's 12 right now to choose from a 13th one that's coming soon, but there's 12 to choose from. And when you go, when you pick one that you want to purchase, you'll just, there's a space for a coupon code. And all you need to do is type in the word holistic and hit apply coupon and you'll get a free pod course. And how it works is you listen to the content. And then afterwards, you take a short little self-study quiz, fill out the evaluation, and then you can download your certificate of completion. So the coupon code is holistic. And Chris, I know you'll probably put that in the show notes. Yes. But and then the the website is lisamuster.com and you just go and pick out your pod course. And the coupon will expire. We'll say it'll expire June 1st, just so we know we put a time limit to it. But yeah. And also if you go there, you can also get one at half off too. So it's like you get when you go to the website, you can just get one at half off when you sign up for um, my Excellent. email. Mm-hmm. Thanks for offering that. Oh yeah, happy to. I'm excited to give your listeners something. So thanks for having me. And thank you listeners for tuning in today. If you haven't got a copy of my book, Self-Care for the Counselor, do yourself a favor and get it today. You can find it at www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com forward slash resources. And this is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Till next time, take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Check out my resource page, which has amazing holistic resources and discount codes for products that I have personally vetted. Head on over to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com forward slash resources. Your support is appreciated.